Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are here again, continuing in our study on Luke. And um, we'll be, we just finished the feeding of the 5,000, mm-hmm. so we'll be going forward from there. Yep. A real quick note, um, we have had a couple of people, well, we've had people tell us they love the music in the background. Yep. And people also tell us that they it distracts pretty much them. Hate it. Yeah. 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 It's very so, distracting um, for some people. And we realize that's just a thing. I mean, yeah. it's just a personal preference that exactly. they get some. Yeah. So, and, and we don't really have a preference, mm-hmm. but we are going to, uh, at least for a little while, put up two posts. So that there are, there's one with music and one without. That's right. And so you can choose which one you want to listen. Yeah, it'll to. be right in the right in the title line. Will be whether or not it has music. And right. So you can just pick the one that came out that has the music on it. They'll have the same title except for that. Yeah. And so you'll be. We'll able to continue see. to so, yeah. to tinker with this and try to get it where we need it to be. But <laughs> yeah, anyway. but this is the first one of those, and you know, right now, if you're listening that you are listening to either one with music or one without. Yes. And if you want the other one, it's on there. Yeah. So just go Get pick to that choose. one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So really that's, uh, that's the wonder of technology these no. days. So we can have it or not have it. It is up to you. Yes. Um, so we are though, like yeah, you were saying, we're in Luke um, chapter nine and we are walking through this section that has everything to do with Jesus. Uh, again, we're it's talking really, more about Jesus' identity against some, but we're also really contrasting faith and fear a lot. Yes. And that's going to keep happening uh, as Jesus we're going identity, through this. His authority. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. We've just got a lot going on. Here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there is a bunch, bunch going on. Um, so before we jump into that too, just know, um, that on the website, you can also find us at eatscripture.com. You can find all our past episodes. Mm -hmm. You can find some resources there to help you different articles. I've written a couple of books, uh, that are about Jesus throughout the Bible. Um, and really will, you know, my goal was to show you some things that you haven't seen before about just how clear the Jesus story is in some places that you might not be used to seeing it, but boy, once you see it, it's just abundantly clear. So feel free to look through that and to think about that. Also, there's a donate page on our website. Uh, it's very easy to get to nice, big green button there. Um, and it'll tell you the different ways and the easy ways to donate. And we would love to be a, you know, a recipient, have you partner with us in that way? We would love to be a recipient of your money. Um, that sounded good, didn't it? Um, actually, just we just, a way for you yeah. to help us to continue to be able to do these podcasts and do the groups that we're doing mm-hmm. and, yeah. um, do the ministry that we feel like God has called us to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so we are hoping this is really good material for y'all and you're getting something out of it. And so we're just going to keep on going, um, plowing through Luke right now. So let's go back to chapter nine, verse 18. We had ended last time. Y'all will remember with the feeding of the 5,000 and really talking about a lot of imagery there Mm -hmm. in the feeding of the 5,000. And that was actually preceded immediately by Herod being so, as my subheading in my Bible says perplexed. Which I think is the perfect word. It I really think he is. was really perplexed. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't always agree with these subheadings, but this one <laughs> this I one nailed it. Yeah. yeah. 
Herod is truly perplexed by this Jesus character. Who is he? What in the world is happening through him? He does not know, but he's getting various reports of who he is. And, uh, and we're going to show how that kind of ties together with our beginning reading today. So um, we will start by reading in verse 18 and read through 22, and then we will start giving a little discussion on that. Okay. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But others say, Elijah, and others, that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Oh, this is very interesting. Mm -hmm. There are actually some differences in here that are kind of going to be fun to kind of point out that Luke does that the others don't do or something that he leaves out that, okay. you know, that they do include different things like that, um, that I think will be really good for us to look at. Now, the first thing maybe to note is as you were reading there, um, verse 18 through 20, specifically, maybe let's say 19 through 20 or 19, John the Baptist, people are saying, maybe that's who Jesus is. So others say Elijah and others one of the prophets of old yeah that's so risen doesn't again. that sound familiar yeah that sounds so familiar to a reader who's been reading through luke and uh has just been reading a few verses before verses seven through nine of this same chapter whenever people were talking there about maybe jay and herod was so perplexed about who could be doing these things that he was hearing about it says there that it was said by some John the Baptist had been raised from the dead, by some that Elijah had appeared, by others that one of the prophets of old had risen. Well, it's the same words. Yeah. I mean, it's the exact same words. Couldn't be closer. Now, Herod comes to a strange conclusion, and then it shows Herod not coming to a conclusion. I mean, right. just He's having just a still very... to see him, yes. Yeah, I, well, I beheaded John, but this guy, I need to know, understand better. I need to know what's going on. Now... I, then I then stories, I have this big wonderful right, story on each of, side of the feeding of the five thousand immediately right. tell us that this story of the five thousand must be very significant is significant and in the middle has so, something to do literally. with who Jesus is right, right? because right. yeah so on either side like you're saying these pieces that sound so similar and then in the middle so in the middle some way that is wrapped up with those outside pieces too right in our, in our whole multiple piece context here but surely right here it seems very obvious so i have almost identical pieces on either side and then sitting in the middle i have that feeding of the five thousand so i can't help but think that's going to help me answer the question who jesus really is yes because it's right after that that then jesus asks this question and peter snaps forward with an answer that happens to be spot on right and so, so it is something in that, something in that feeding of the 5,000 is supposed to tell the readers a lot about mm -hmm. the fact that Jesus is the Christ. Yes. Now, I don't think it would tell them, tell it to them right away. I don't think you should feel bad if you don't get that right away when you're reading through it. Right. All the things that it means to be the Christ, you know, but I think that after pondering it over 
long period mm-hmm. of time, certain things are going to come out like mm-hmm. we talked about um, in our last podcast and really help you understand who he is. So knowing all of that now, let's just uh, dig into this a little bit deeper. Verse 18. Now it happened that he was praying alone. It's actually a very Lucan thing to say. Right. So I'm finding Luke that out. really likes to point out that Jesus goes and prays alone mm-hmm. yep. before big moments mm-hmm. um yep. before his baptism before you know mm-hmm. so yes. this is a really important thing and that other gospels don't tell us that no they don't have this here at all as a matter of fact they start with him walking around Caesarea Philippi with his disciples right. which Luke doesn't tell us where they are no Luke doesn't even mention it that's He's not, a, that's not his concern right He's making a big deal out of how Jesus is so uh, consulting his father all the time. Yes, constantly returning to a place mm-hmm. with his father in this prayer, this mm-hmm. lone prayer that he um, does. And so that is very interesting because it tells us something about Luke and how much he wants to make sure that the reader can't get past the fact that Jesus is always in this prayerful relationship with his father. That That's always, he's always praying alone. And, uh, and so that's what he starts this little piece by talking about is how he's praying alone and then the disciples are with him and then he right, starts which asking doesn't mean them, the disciples aren't there it means right. he's away from the crowds right yeah right. when he's praying alone he's away right. yes exactly away from that big group that, that sounds like it's contradicting it follows him around right. yeah um and so then he asks the disciples who do the crowds which is another thing that luke does differently mm-hmm. than uh than the other two gospel writers mark and matthew where they say who do the people say that i am there's just a little change in wording here but But it's a kind of an interesting change in wording and luke talks about the crowds a lot yes and the crowds aren't really very smart yeah crowds (laughs) the crowds aren't the people that you really want to follow around much um and so so but jesus is asking them who do the crowds say that i am and then they answer those three answers. That's three answers we brought up already. Some say John the Baptist. Now that's weird. They don't even know the difference between him and John the Baptist. Come on. But is it that John's already dead and they are Something thinking about, John's raised from the yeah. dead or in maybe Jesus. the spirit of the spirit you know, of John. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Has empowered Jesus mm-hmm. somehow. So maybe that's it, which could easily be the case. Others say Elijah. Why would people say he's Elijah? I mean, John the Baptist is the Elijah figure. We find that out in other Gospels that Jesus tells his disciples very clearly that John the Baptist is the Elijah figure that they're looking for. But some people were expecting the true Elijah. Right. Not John, some not somebody in the stead of Elijah, in the very, very much walking as he did or acting as he did, but somebody who is actually the identical, the very Elijah from history. Now, well, why why would they say that? Well, think? I think because maybe because Elijah didn't die. I think you're right. He just yeah. went up into the clouds. <laughs> yeah. And chariot. Yeah. You know, so, so if you're reading your Old Testament, you're expecting, oh, well, maybe, so maybe God took him away before he died so that, yeah, he'll return. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there have been, there have been some sentiments, you know, that have been passed around that are, got some very um uh the expectations are very high that we'll maybe maybe we'll see 
Elijah actually return because he didn't die. Um, So that's a part of what they're thinking of in Jesus. And maybe that's what's happening. And then others also, maybe one of the the prophets, some prophet, some prophet. He seems like a prophet. Exactly. Very much a prophet. And he does prophet-like things. I mean, we can look at one of the other Gospels brings up Jeremiah. Matthew brings up Jeremiah. Maybe they say maybe he's Jeremiah Mm -hmm. or one of the prophets from old. And so if you read Jeremiah, well, Jesus does have some Jeremiah seeming traits and things that he's got um, some Moses traits. uh Exactly. I mean, these are all things that were types. Mm -hmm. You people who were types of Jesus. Prophets were big types. So it makes sense. It makes sense. It totally makes sense. They're seeing it, but they can't see it clearly and they Mm -hmm. don't know what they're looking at. Yes, I agree completely. And then in verse 20, he says to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say? Mm -hmm. And this is um, where Peter very clearly answers him. I think that's a question he asks us all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you say that I am? That's right. There'll always be rumors floating around. There'll always be people talking, lots of talk, speculation. Who was Jesus? And people trying to play it down and, yep. you know, figure out, oh, well, he was he this or was he that? That's right. But yeah. The important thing is, what do you, who do you, who do you, yes. So when Peter answers the Christ of God, that's a great answer. It's a great answer. Mm-hmm. It's just okay. not in Peter's mind, fully fleshed out. Right. Yeah. They just don't know what that means. That's right. They it's, have a, an idea that that's really saying he's the Messiah yes, of God. That's exactly right. And, so in, in Greek, Christos is the same as the Hebrew Mashiach or Messiah right. that we right. use. So that's all. So he's saying he's the Christ. They've had this idea that this Messiah is coming. I mean, they're looking for one in the line of David mm-hmm. who's going to come and take a throne and Right. So they, but they have a different idea of what the Messiah is. It's not the thing than who Jesus is going to turn out to be. So he's going to have to do some teaching now on what that means. Yes. So immediately when Peter confesses it, which it's a good confession, it's a solid confession. It's true. It's as far as he could go at that moment. Yes. But then immediately in verse 21, Jesus strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one. Same thing he does in Mark and Matthew. I mean, Luke has him, shows him doing it here too. Don't tell anybody. And of course, I think it's true that the reason why they're not allowed to tell anybody is because there are way too many expectations from culture about what it would mean to be the Christ. And so if they just go around, spread the news, hey, we found the Messiah, we found the Messiah, we found the Messiah, come see him. Everybody who shows up is going to show up with a pitchfork in their hands, ready to go against, you know, Rome. A lot of them are, not everybody, but a bunch of them are. And that, I mean, because a lot of people It's just going to cause a lot of feelings on every side. Yes. And he's not ready for that. That, Yeah. He wants to redefine, he needs to redefine this role. So, Mm -hmm. And they're not ready. They Mm -hmm. don't understand what this means. So he needs time to... Help them into them, yeah, what they're going to have to do after he's gone, yes, and they're never going to get it truly get it until post resurrection, right? Until after they're going to remember all this later, yeah, exactly. So you start, but But he starts doing that. No, right, we don't get it until it takes us a long time to get, yeah, who we say that Jesus is, (laughs) we don't really understand that either, and it takes a lifetime, 
to really to start fleshing it. out the fullness. Of, oh, yeah. And oh, we probably this is won't all, get it until we're with Jesus, him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's so true. Man, it's easy to judge the disciples mm-hmm. on that level. But I'm telling you, we do. You are so right. We do not get that. Um, it takes a long time to really understand. I think we read this better. next part. So, I mean, I've been trying. This is partly why I'm thinking about this, because I just think. It's easy for us. We've heard this our whole life. We know mm-hmm. the story already. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know all of this. That's right. They Verse had 22 no clue is this is what was coming. Brand new. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Verse 22. So, even though this is all very, uh, very much prophesied in the Old Testament, this would be, they're not used to reading their Old Testaments this way. And so, yeah. they're not used and to seeing this. And who wants to read And who it would? Yes. Who would? I mean, that's, that? it's unbelievable. Yeah. Truly. That God would work this way. So he starts fleshing it out for him right away, what it means to be the Christ. The son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, the very people who you think would quickly receive him, and be killed. What? Even killed? He's not just going to suffer, but he's going to die. And then on the third day, be raised. Well, I mean, their their heads are spinning right yeah. now, if anything. I mean, they really just are like, these words are going right past them. They cannot imagine Here they have that this is what's going to happen to the Messiah. What they think is the Messiah right in front of them. They yes. believe this is Messiah. Mm-hmm. And then he's telling them he's going to die. Yes. And they're right. going to all suffer. Oh, my There's going to be suffering and death. That's not the good news. No. <laughs> Oh my goodness, no. This is not what they want to hear. The Messiah is not what they're expecting. And this is the first prediction of this in Luke, and really the first prediction, I think, in both Mark and Matthew, too. Um, But where he gets very, very clear within this exactly what's going to happen to me. And so they haven't, they're just barely starting to, what? What? What could you possibly be saying? And so they don't know yet. They can't incorporate this at all. Yeah, it's going to take a long time to get here. But you just think about if your expectations were for a full-on, well-armored king who is going to put things in order and going to put everybody back on the right path in this world, then this kind of talk would just be too much. Even this, I mean, the suffering and death is a lot. Mm -hmm. But then on the third day be raised, I I can't even imagine how they're hearing that. No, yeah, I agree. Like I said, we just take it so much for granted because we know the story. Yes, we're just knowing the story. That must have been hard to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think also um, this power that we've been seeing, we've been seeing who is Jesus, who is he? And he's going around and he's doing all these miracles. He's mm-hmm. healing people. He's raising people from the dead. Mm-hmm. He's uh, casting out demons. Yes. Nature is obeying him. Yes. All these things. It's power. Mm-hmm. But he here is saying he's going to forsake all of that yeah. for humility, yeah, and be um, rejected and put to death. Mm-hmm. That is a major contrast with what we've been reading. Oh, yeah, very and much to so. take all of that in, I think, is really huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, just makes me think of and I of Philippians. Two five mm, through eleven, mm-hmm. and what it's talking yep. about there about the humility of yes. him taking on the form of man and being obedient mm-hmm. to death, and um, man, that's you can read it, yeah, because we always do, but right. we know the story, but it's huge. Yes, we don't, we forget to think about the think weight about, of what that is. Oh yeah, 
We do. And so I think that this is pointing toward that. Oh, very much so. I think you're absolutely right. So it's no wonder it can't be fully incorporated at this point. It's, it's just too much yeah. to believe that anyone yeah, will, would do that or be willing to do that. God himself, though. So amazing. Certainly yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, and then just one more note before we go on to this next piece is that in both the others, in Matthew and Mark, they have Peter confronting Jesus right after this right. and saying, oh, no way. No way will that happen. Mm -hmm. Luke leaves it out. Luke noticeably leaves it out. And I think it's because he doesn't want us to see a disciple at this point. Well, we've been talking about the disciples being in the middle of fear. Just every time here, mm -hmm. are they going to choose fear or are they going to choose faith? Right. And right now, we don't want to see a, see a disciple forcefully confronting Jesus about, hey, no, that's not how it's going to happen, Jesus. And then Jesus having to put them in their place. Right. Um, we're getting very much more the picture of the disciples uh, just confused and fearful yeah. or but being faithful anyway. Are right. they going to choose to be faithful anyway? I just see their eyes great big. And yeah. Like what? Yeah. What are we doing? I think that's how Luke wants us to see yeah. them right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go on to verse 23 and we'll read through verse 27 to wrap up today. Okay. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Hmm. Yeah. Well, this is really um, another very kind of hard-hitting passage when you know when you realize what Jesus is talking about. But at this point, of course, the disciples, what's this whole dying on a cross idea? What's yeah. this whole carrying my cross behind you thing I mean, you're talking about? Been talking about a cross. No, a sudden, exactly. Like, and now we're about? bringing up crosses and carrying crosses. I mean, that's what convicted people do. And, and they've seen people who've tried to go against Rome who've wound up on crosses. And now you're saying straight up, that we're going to be carrying crosses. What kind of what kind of messiahship is this? What kind of kingdom are you establishing? You don't have any more faith in your own in your own setting up of your kingdom, Mister Messiah, to uh, than to call us to go ahead and carry your cross. Probably going to lose anyway. Is that what you're saying? I mean, and and so it's a really strange way to talk. And it's one of those ways to talk where it's like, you know, if we were to try to make it a modern analogy, we might be saying something. If a guy got up and told the crowd, okay, hey, I want you to come with me. And for those of you who do, you're probably going to want to carry an electric chair with you, your own electric right. chair Just with, with you. you. Um, that would dissuade some people from following, you would think. Um, a lot it's of inevitable that this think, is going to happen. Yeah, so. that's the way it, that it would come across without question. And if that's true, then, then is, of course, we know that's exactly what Jesus is trying to put across. Mm -hmm. He's just putting it across in a very stark way. And he's talking about what you're going to have to be willing to do in your heart to truly die, to truly be willing to die. If you're going to follow and dying to yourself, first of all, 
let alone being willing to die for him, even physically physical. in this world right. as necessary. Well, um, I think it it's an interesting that. thing because it is the matching piece of the um, section in the first part of chapter nine, mm -hmm. where he sends them out yeah. to do the ministry and he tells them not to take anything and yeah. to, you know, and that they will be rejected in some places. Mm -hmm. He doesn't punch that so hard there, mm -hmm. but here he's bringing it all home. I mean, this is, yeah, there's going to be hardship. Yeah. And you are going to have to deny yourself and you're not going to have extra and you're not going to, yep. I mean, I think, am I wrong? No, I think there's I think a, that's right. I think this is like a matching piece mm -hmm. and it fits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I see too. I the reality see. of it is, it, and he's getting more realistic with them here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Now, he is Much saying this to everyone, not just. Yeah, that's the interesting the thing, disciples. right? Verse 23, he said to all. So we saw in verse 18 through 22, that started in 18. You can see it there. The disciples were with him. And those are the ones he's talking to. He asked them. They respond to his question. And then he describes for them what that means then to be the Christ. But then verse 23 he says to all. So we're making, Luke's making a very clear distinction between who he's been talking to and now who he's talking right. to. And when he talks to all, he immediately goes into this really strange sounding right. stuff. Now, a little hard to understand. Yes. Now, by what we just said, we know Getting verse 21 and 22 weren't understood by the disciples. But no, the but fact it is, really it was plain as day. I mean, that was as plain right. as he could make it. This is later on, they would realize, oh, he wasn't talking to us in riddles there. He was talking to us straight up exactly what was going to happen. Right. But verse 23 through 27 is very riddle sounding for the crowds. Very much like, what in the world is he talking? What yeah. would it mean whoever to carry this, a cross? What the? This is going to happen. And yeah. whoever does this, this is going to happen. And Yeah. And it's all kind of yeah, yeah. And profiting a man if he gains the whole world and loses forfeits himself. I mean, forfeits his soul. What I mean, all of this talk. I mean, it's very um, enigmatic sounding. So, so Jesus is using language with the crowds, which we know is very typical for him to do to speak to the crowds in parables, to use hard to understand stuff, right. to say to the crowds like in John things 6, that you will not understand if you just listen lightly and walk on by. That's right. You've exactly. got to stop and think it. about it and maybe question a little bit. Yep. What is he saying? Yep. So, but if for the one who really questions, he's going to realize what this is going to cost. It's going to cost a lot. It's going to cost a denial of self uh, and uh, to just absolutely reject oneself, to deny oneself uh, and take up a cross daily even. Right. And follow him. Right. It's not going to be a one-time thing. You're yeah. You have to continue. It's continual. It's yeah. Um, and that word deny there in Luke, interesting um, to me, because this word is only used twice. It's used here where he's telling people who follow him that they'll have to deny themselves. Mm -hmm. And then it's only used elsewhere in Luke twenty-two sixty-one, where he tells Peter that before the night's over, he's going to deny Jesus three times. Wow. Wow. So talk about a contrast. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hmm. He, this is where the crowds are told you got to deny yourself. And then the only other usage where he says, oh, by the way, Peter, you're totally going to deny, deny me three mm -hmm. full times before this night is over. So oh. that's ugly. Yeah. That's a hard, hard hitting deal. That might, I might have to think about that for a while. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so then this idea of gaining your life when you lose it is a great, it really mm -hmm. becomes wonderful when you start to live it out and practice it. And I do not do it well all the time, but every now and then I see a glimpse where I, where I really will try and sacrifice something mm -hmm. for the good of the kingdom. Yeah. Even when I don't like doing it, my right. time, my money, my efforts, I mean, different things. And I'll get to see some tiny bit of beauty come out of it. And it just fills you up, just fills right. your whole soul. I wish I was better at it, but though, but that's when you realize, right. oh, that's what it means yeah. to save your life right. by denying, by um, sacrificing. Um, but if you're constantly striving after your own stuff, just be ready because that's what you've got. I mean, that's what you're going to have is only the stuff that you strive for here. And you're I love that next slide because you can get, I mean, yeah, we're all trying to, I don't know what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're trying to gather stuff and, fix our world and, mm -hmm. you know, make it all better and greater. Yeah. But really all our efforts for that are going to be about nothing. Yeah. yeah if we're will. not with Jesus, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean a thing. 100% right. That's exactly what I think it's going for. It'll so, be for nothing. It'll be for nothing. Yeah. I used to not understand that so much as I understand it now, but mm -hmm. it's, yeah. I guess I'm getting old. It's clear. <laughs> yeah. It starts to, <laughs> starts to become a reality to you, which yeah. is good. Um, that's one of the good things about little wisdom that comes with age. Uh, and then the way he ends this section, and we'll just mention that real quickly, but I tell you truly, there are some standing here. Well, you skipped the part about the angels, which well, is I confusing, did. but we'll go on. Okay. Well, I, I don't care. No, you know, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I just know that, that anytime angels come up, we're all going, what? Well, he's going to come in the glory uh, of the Father and of the holy angels and his own glory. I mean, it's the glory of heavenly places. Right. We know the Son of Man comes in great glory, which he's not right now. Right. Son of Man this time is coming in great humility. Humility. There will be right. a time when he comes in all his glory, and that will be obvious. Right. And we remember those angels um, back in the beginning of the announcement in mm -hmm. Luke. And so yeah. there was a lot of glory there. Yes. So, and a yes. lot of fear when people were in the yes. presence of it. Yeah. Okay. So you can go on. Too. I didn't mean to stop you. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Right. And that is an interesting phrase to try and figure right. out. And what's a lot of people have some, tried to figure that one out. Yeah. So I think, I think that what he's talking about here is that there's going to be a day when the power of the kingdom will be obvious. The kingdom of God, the reign of God will come in fully and it'll become very obvious and it'll happen before there'll be some who are listening to him this day who will still be around to see that happen. And so I think if he would have meant the very next passage of the transfiguration, he could have put it a different way. I think, I think the that way may that be a speaks, preview. Yes, maybe, maybe exactly kind of a preview of what's coming. But these, when he's talking to the crowds and saying the word some, right. it sounds like to me, we're talking about what he's referencing is 40 years in the future. Whenever the kingdom, the reign of God breaks in very strongly in Jerusalem and it's, 
religious leaders, the religious elite and all of mm-hmm. those who've gone far afield of God's ways are judged and it's clear. And what's left is Christianity to really right. rise to the fore then, right. which is what's going to happen. And the temple there was representative of the kingdom that they knew. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what they thought of as a, yeah. their kingdom. That's right. They would, yeah, exactly. And so if that, that when that is raised, mm-hmm. and now Jesus really is on a throne. Yes. And he's reigning. There's Absolutely. a new kingdom. That's what I think. Yeah, right. I think you're I get right. that. So, okay, okay, well, we will continue with this next time. Next beautiful story about the transfiguration. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So verse 28 and following. Um, Read ahead if you like. Love that y'all are listening. Love when you share with your friends. And we will talk to you very soon. So God bless you all. Hope you have a great few days.